0: Hello and welcome to the Falcon of Footy Podcast. I'm your host, Clarky, and joining me, as always, I've got Jesse. We're banking them, baby. And I've got Chris. Hello. Now, listeners, you might have heard Jesse's famous catchphrase, we're banking them, baby. <laughs> and this week, we're continuing our team focus episodes. However, we've ran into a snag, listeners, as you might have noticed, math, math heads out there.
1: We're running out of weeks to do one team a week before the season starts. It was such a carefully laid out plan when I'm like, oh, we should just focus on, like, do a team focus episode each week. There's exactly enough time to do it. Not really realizing that, you know, things will come up and we'll need to take weeks off. Um, but also, sorry, Clucky, you're also bearing the lead here. We also don't know people who go for these shit clubs. <laughs> uh, look, no, there are people out
0: there. We just don't know them yet. They ha- they're they not friends of the show yet And Jesse, I plan to have Do any of you know Port Adelaide f- uh, Port Adelaide fans? Uh, I know of one that I've had
1: On the footy mailbag before uh, I know of one, his name's Kane Corns And even <laughs> he's on the fence <laughs>
0: <laughs> But yes, yeah, one of the lovely people over at Dr. Supercoach goes for the Port Adelaide Power, lovely man uh, So I That is the one Port Adelaide person that I know
1: Don't believe you, he's not even a real doctor
0: Fair enough
2: yeah, I don't know any.
0: So this week, listeners, we're talking about the Port Adelaide power, and we're doing a couple back-to-back that we don't have guests for. So guess which order that we recorded this one in as they become progressively more unhinged. But gentlemen, let's break some ice with, did either of you watch The Superb Owl in full flight as of yesterday?
2: No.
1: Christopher, the all
2: yours. <laughs> yes, I, wa- I watched it all. <laughs> yeah, I watched it all.
0: And Chris, you a Chiefs man or a 49ers man?
2: Um I actually didn't, I didn't not my team was not in it. I'm a Vikings supporter. Um I didn't mind who won. I like both teams. I was kind of leaning a bit more towards the 49ers purely because I wanted to see Christian McCaffrey win. But um like I mean Mahomes is just incredible. Taylor Swift was happy, so I was I was fine and with really, either. Isn't team. that a win? Yeah. That's a
0: win for all of humanity. If he's happy, I'm happy. Exactly. i got to say, my biggest, my biggest thing about the Super Bowl this year is just how many people would not shut up about Taylor Swift and then are confused why everyone's only talking about Taylor Swift because it's the only thing that people were fucking talking about. Why would they
1: even capitalize on it? On screen for 58 seconds, if that has somehow angered you, Get fucked.
2: I don't, Holy shit. I don't, understand Honestly, why, grow up. I don't understand why people have turned it into a, I can't, th- like, they're blaming her. It's like she's literally just sitting in a corporate box watching her boyfriend play. Like, she's not telling them to <laughs> yeah, put her on, right. on the screen. Like, <laughs> she,
0: direct your anger at the NFL, not at her. She does not affect the outcome yeah. at all. If anything, Taylor Swift... Being a center point of the NFL is better for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. So Opening them up watch to for a, the first time. Yeah. yeah. Opening them up to a wide
1: range of people who may have never even watched a football game in their it's life. It's almost like gatekeeping is really stupid, and the more people who can enjoy something, it makes it better. I don't know. What a crazy, crazy idea that would be. I remember there Dumb was horses. there
0: was like a brief period where everyone was like, oh my God, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. That means they're going to cancel Usher and Taylor Swift's going to do it. That's exactly what the lefties want.
1: Well, as a lefty, I would have to agree. I watched Usher's performance and it was
2: fine. That's what I thought as well. I, the, his dancers and everyone were great. Oh, he can the acrobatics ooh, and everything effects. around him was great. I, him singing was okay. Usher um, has
0: a lot of bangers, though.
2: Yeah, but that was the annoying thing. He moved from song to song so quickly that you almost kind of couldn't keep up. There yeah, was, was just so much got, going like, 10 on. Minutes. Yeah, he was on for thirteen, I think. Um, and then he he brought out some cop
1: that clock You get back in your box. <laughs> wow. Okay. <I'll get, laughs> <get> absolutely fucked. <laughs> you can take a U turn and get fucked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, he brought out some, some guests. I was pretty happy that Alicia Keys was there, although she fucked up her part pretty badly. Um, and then there was a random hype man who I thought was CeeLo Green at first. Oh yeah. And he looked like he was really short. Yeah. He was really short and bald and he was just there, I think, to hype him up while Usher was doing costume changes. But I was just kind of like, who is this CeeLo Green? And then he didn't start singing any of his songs. I was like, oh, it's not.
0: Yeah, no, he was just there for the transition. Yeah, which, you know what? I think that's the ideal career trajectory for you, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, on stage hype man for transitions because you don't need you don't need to have the stamina to do a full show, but you just need to be a guy. Like, get up, get those
1: hands up, boys. Let's go. Bounce them or whatever. This is whatever. a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I, I know. And Clarky Clark, just did a really good hype man like audition. I was gonna say, look, I've I've been to live um, podcast recordings, been to a few of them. Don't don't mean to brag, um, but I've been to a few footy ones. Like we went to the um, uh, the footy with Broden Kelly.
0: Yeah, who
1: who recorded at a fucking festival on the weekend? What makes no sense to me. Anyway, if we ever get to that stage, yeah, I want a hype man. <laughs> I think we put Leck in a in like a leotard, <laughs> and we tell him to get slutty for three minutes. Listeners, you can
0: make this happen. All you need to do is bankroll us. And <laughs> bankroll we can, us. We can pay
1: Lek the required amount of money that would get him to do that.
2: I wonder what the required amount of money would be.
1: He'll do it for cheap. I want him to get naked and paint miniatures on the stage. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's like a performative <laughs> art piece.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, art makes that.
1: art.
2: Then we can auction off the miniatures.
1: A miniature painting miniatures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> got him. Absolutely got him. Thanks. Thanks for listening, Leck. I'm gonna get a very
1: angry message from him. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna bash. My dick's average size. <laughs> <laughs> sure, mate. Sure. So speaking of average sized dicks, let's move on to t- Yeah, let's talk about port. Uh,
0: <laughs> let's let's talk about port. So gentlemen, what are our general feelings about port? Jesse, I'll, I'll go to you first. When you think of the Port Adelaide Power like do you have any kind of strong opposition?
1: it's such a they're a very divisive club. yeah I don't like their fans. I don't like their coaching. I don't like their man, like the, their upper management. I really like their players. yeah they're so, such an exciting team to watch especially now with like you know butters and Rosie and everything like that. They're so fun to watch. I just hate everything that surrounds them. If we can transplant them out of Adelaide, like out of South Australia, put them somewhere else. After GWS's, you know, little tab dallions, I may have another second favourite team. <laughs> so, mi- mixed opinion, basically. Mixed opinion. Chris, what
0: about you?
2: Uh, I don't have any real strong opinions towards them. I, I do like quite a few of their players. Um, like, Jesse, I don't really like their fans that much. Uh, I mean, teal's a very inoffensive colour. Um <laughs> Yeah, no I'm real <laughs> no real strong opinions. they' They're a confusing team at the moment because I think I've said for probably the last two or three years straight that on paper they have a premiership winning team on paper. they have one of the most well-rounded teams in the competition, but they just haven't been able to put it together so they're just they're a confusing team.
0: See I disagree I disagree a little bit with that. I think they're still missing that kind of cohesiveness and consistency in terms of their talent, and have they really had a high-quality Ruckman is the biggest thing I would say in terms of them contending. Like, they've had strings of really impressive winning, like, what was it, like, 17 or something in a row last year? Just frustrating. But I'm, I'm half in Jesse's camp and in both of your camps where great players, not sure how I feel about the management, but generally I'm kind of inoffensive to me. And I think there's a few different ways you can come at Port Adelaide for that, where, you know, players can make you enjoy a team. I think we see that with GWS, endear themselves to people through the weight of their talent. But Port just have, like, these little little edges that they've been around long enough to start really offending people with a couple of different things and a couple of different personalities that, like, mm, just waiting for that one moment where I'm like, second he's the second Koshi's gone, the second, second, he's gone. The second Kane corns eats it. We'll get to that bald cunt soon enough. Second Kane corn, <laughs> Kane corns gets his head punched off in that boxing match. Oh, it's good times for all. But fantastic <laughs> players, and I think even historically, just some fantastic players. So I mean, let, let's talk. Let's talk about some of their players. Like historically, the first, the first player I genuinely think about when I think of Port, and this surprises me, is Byron Pickett. Yes. Even though Port wasn't his most successful club, re- like really, because he won the Norm Smith at North, didn't? If I, if I remember correctly,
2: he did. Or no, I, uh, he yeah. won the Norm Smith at Port ninety in this the 90s, is no place for smoke? facts.
0: Yeah, I, I, he played a lot more of his career at North than he did at Port. But for some reason, whenever I think of Port, I'm like, oh, the the tackler of the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> Not even the just the tackler; he,
2: he was just the one of the most aggressive people on the field. He used to the, knock people out. Left the murderer, center. yeah, yeah.
0: The, the dude who they made the rules for, yeah, to stop him from hurting people.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, some players that that I think of weirdly for some reason I think of Dean Brogan, who was the rockman for who? Port, uh, in the the two thousand and tens, two thousand tens. I'm pretty sure, um, and then. Then there's, like, your classics of, like, Gavin Wanganine and- Oh, my God. Yeah. This um, photo of Dean Brogan that
0: I've just found, he looks like a me character creator, and they made his face small on his big head. <laughs> you know, like, they make the features really small, yeah. like, in the center of his head. He will bash you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's fine. I, I probably I probably deserve it, but it's
2: this specific
0: photo. There's,
2: a, there's, a, there's two players that I'll just mention. One that I always really liked, which was Matty Primus. I always really liked Matty Primus. For some reason, I never liked Warren Treadray. It's just something about his face. He looks like he should be in the army. I don't know. He looks like looks he'd just like yell he at you. I don't, I don't <laughs> like him. Like he will
1: yell at you. Did he just... He won the spot on the board last week by, like, half a percent or something like that?
2: I don't know. I didn't see that. Half a that.
1: percent? We'll just say yes, if you do.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, wow. Warren Treadray. Oh, no.
0: I know it was tight. Ty- I don't know if it was half a percent. I know it was really... It was him and... Oh, uh, there was another one. Was it Bruce Ab- Bruce Abernathy? Sure, what a name! I'm, I'm just looking at it, just looking it up here to find that
1: I'm looking at the current list. There, there are so many players I like. Like, if yeah. we're looking at past players, I would mm-hmm. talk about Robbie Gray, but we'll talk about Robbie a bit more down the track. Yeah, um, and Paddy Ryder, I've always loved Paddy Ryder. He's always one of my favourite players, and some of the stuff he did up, um, at Port with Robbie, incredible. Some of my favourite footy moments. But looking at their current list, like. Um, Rosie, H- Dan Houston, yeah, great. <laughs> never, never, never forget. Um, Zach Butters. I didn't like Jeremy Finlayson years ago. No one did. But after everything that happened last year with his wife and what he went through, and just like the story of that all, yeah. Top bloke, Aaliyah Leah, absolute gun. Um, Brendan Zerk Thatcher. I'm sure he'll um be a player. Lim <laughs> Drew. I've got always got a soft spot for Vlim Drew. Lockie Jones. The first emo to play football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will say I've got a soft spot for Ollie Lord. I think that that kid's really talented, and I want him to get more game time because I think he will be a really important key forward in the future. Just seen flashes where he's really, really good, but there is one name that you missed out, Jesse, who I refer to affectionately uh, whenever I watch a Port Adelaide game as Evil Leck Dog. And that's Sam oh, Pal yeah, Pepper. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen of the jury and the show, I say to you that I have never seen Sam Pal Pepper and Lek Dog in the same place at the same time. The only reason I can distinguish the two of them is that I'm pretty sure Lek has the knees of a 30 year old that it just grind. See,
1: not to make the show too Lek centric, but whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> I always thought Sam Pepper was the evil like dog, but the more I get to know Lek, I think Sam Powerpup is the good like dog. To be honest, <laughs> we love you, Lek. I, I I am convinced. Do you ever get like players on a team that you're like you played for somebody else? You played for one of like the franchise clubs, like you played for like GWS or Gold Coast, mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm convinced in my head that Pepper played for somebody else.
2: I thought he did too, <laughs> for some reason. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think he did.
1: He probably can. Like, I, I just imagine like a club kicking him out in disgrace.
2: Yeah, oh I feel like he almost went to another club a few years ago, but then he just he re-signed with Port.
1: After he was throwing haymakers at a club or something yes,
2: like that. Yes, yes. At a nightclub. Allegedly. Throwing
1: allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly.
0: Allegedly. Allegedly. Cut that, cut okay. allegedly, <laughs> that. allegedly. So look, I think now's a better time than
1: ever. Jesse, can you take us through some vibes for Port? I can, and we're gonna mix up how we do vibes from now. On, Because I'm just thinking about a club. I'm letting the spirits work through me. And I'm thinking, what do I feel in my heart? A vibes medium, if you will. A a vibes medium, if you will. And Clarkson, I will. Okay. First up, I want to talk about something that is quite divisive, but I have very strong feelings on it. Now, to roll into this, I'm going to sing um, beautifully (laughs) as well. So I'm just going to have a sip of my beer if I want my pipes. Oh, we gotta mute this. You guys we like in it... excess? You guys da, da, like music?
0: Da, 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 da. No, I only like things in moderation.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> fuck that's a good joke. That's a good joke. I'm going to bury it with my singing. All right. Now, Chris, can you count me in?
2: Uh, one, two, three, four. <laughs>
1: Hey guys, this is uh, Jesse from the future, from the editing room. Um, unfortunately, we had to cut this part. Uh, our lawyer's in touch with us and said it was too close to copyright. My singing was too um, too good, too, too spot on. Um, and obviously, out of respect f- for in Excess, uh of course, their label Mercury Records, we wanted to, uh, you know, not step on anyone's toes and show off my incredible singing. So unfortunately, we had to cut this, uh, but believe me, it was a... A rock and old time, but let's get back to the show and talk about the Port Adelaide Football Club.
0: That's insane, Jesse.
1: That was
2: you incredible. Can't, you can't
0: sing.
1: You can't sing like that. You
0: can't sing that well and keep that voice all to yourself.
2: It was surely a recording.
1: One man is not designed to have that much power. Normally, I can't. I, I normally I actually do hit that high note um, in the bridge that I put in there. Um, but COVID, it hit me hard. So it took away my um, my instrument, my voice. But we'll move on. We'll move on for that because we all know and love that song, Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess. In 2014, Port Adelaide adopted the song to sing before the game. Um, Now, obviously, they're not the only sport club in the world to do this. It did stem from the club going to um, Anfield during the off-season and seeing the crowd's rendition of You'll Never Walk Alone, which is one of the most powerful things in sport. And they wanted... To to create some of their own atmosphere and um, after a bit of toing and froing between different different songs, they landed on Never Tear Us Apart because of its lyrical importance uh, and links to them joining the AFL. They went through their struggles, nothing tore them apart, hence Never Tear Us Apart. People fucking hate this. They absolutely hate this. Before I go to my next question, Clark, you're already nodding. You don't like this? I hate this. (laughs) I think never tears apart is
0: super
2: cringe. <laughs> it's <laughs> I also hate it when you said it was divisive earlier. I think it's it's only divisive between Port Adelaide fans and everyone else. This is the thing, right? It's one of those
0: things where it's fun. It's it's fun to do together. Like if you're in a group of people and you're at a karaoke bar, it's fun to sing, and it's okay if you're not that good. But from the outside looking in, if somebody watched you sing, not like they're not enjoying it. That's not,
1: and it's doesn't have that power as well. I'm going to defend it a little bit. Is this a thing that's actually okay, but just done by a real shitty club?
2: No, to me, I think I would have had the same reaction if it was any club in the AFL. And that's yeah. because it just feels very forced. I'm a massive Liverpool supporter. I love You'll Never Walk Alone. It's one of. I was there at the MCG when there was, what, 98,000, 100,000 people there. And it was amazing. It was one of the kind of most memorable moments, sporting moments that I've been to. This just came out of nowhere. It had no historical kind of relevance to the club. I know they've said that it's like, oh, they've referenced when they came into the AFL, but it no it had no really actual historical relevance to the club. It just felt like they were like, oh, we can just copy the soccer clubs. And it just feels super forced and cringy. If AFL was pulling the same kind of consistent crowds, like,
0: like in Premier League team or like a, a diehard soccer, like soccer chanting is something that AFL have wanted or you know, to adopt and clubs want to adopt because they're like, yeah, yeah. Like it is super cool when they do that, but it doesn't work because we're not packing out games every week. Like not every, <laughs> every member is turning up. Like it's great if there's like 60,000, 70,000 people and, you know, 40,000 of them are at a home game singing it, but it just never feels that way. Like it, I don't know. And I'm like, here's the thing. Do it because you love it, and I get that you love your club. I'm not going to take it away from them, but I'm also not going to sit here and
1: go, oh, that doesn't make my skin crawl, like, embarrassed. I mean, look, it, as an outsider, looking at a lot of football things, guys, we can't throw around the term cr- uh, cringe. We do a football podcast, okay? Like, people at the out looking like, that's pretty. That's something. That's definitely something these three boys are doing with their time. <laughs> to each their own. I, I, I think the whole, like, cr- cringey... Uh, rhetoric behind it i I don't buy into that and the whole thing of it doesn't have any history fair enough but i think people obviously they compare it to you never walk alone you can't compare it to the greatest kind of sporting song moment in the world i think you can compare it to the thing that
0: they're copying
1: (laughs) no because
0: (laughs) like they're adopting it from from that and yeah but that's not they're not the only team team they're not the only team that do that though I understand that you're playing Devil's Avocado and I can. Compl- I don't disagree with your point as well. Like things are, you know, they're not traditional until you start a tradition, right? And you keep doing it. And, that, and that's great. And I, as I said, I'm not going to take it away from them because it's probably really fun to do. You know what? I would actually love it more if they didn't play the backing track.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Use
0: the, pow- use the power of the fans' voices without the, the use of- yeah. Yeah, The, use the
2: yeah. port power. Yeah. Use the
0: port power. And I would, I would like that more because that feels more authentic. You're not like waiting for someone to cue you in with a track. Like, even if they put up on the thing, like, you know, put up the lyrics, like, you know, don't play the song, but like put up the lyrics, like, you know, they're about to come out, start singing it, or like the bounce is going to be in 10 seconds, 30 seconds, or however long it takes them to do it. Like, now's your time to start and cue people in. And let the power of the fans control it. Like, that would be better for me than playing the song and singing with
2: it. I will actually also say, with you saying, uh, if it was another club, would you have actually liked it? I'm not a huge fan of Brisbane, but I really like how they play the songs after play a Goal.
1: Yes, and I want to talk about that another week because I want to go through that in detail. I think that's very, very cool.
2: Yes, I like that. And, yeah, I feel like there's a connection and everything. So, Yeah. At all.
1: Uh, also, Clarky, I'm throwing out a lot of your criticism because Melbourne plays Hell's Bells um, before songs and um, before games. But <laughs> I want to ask you both, Melbourne Western Bulldogs and Forreston. Do we? If our clubs <laughs> played songs, uh, Clarky, I know your club better than you do because I researched it on Wikipedia <laughs> half an hour ago. I
0: don't um, even know what
1: Hell's Bells is. Stay cdc. If your club had had a song that played as your boys ran out, what would you want it to be, Clarky? The hell's bells. <laughs> hell's bells? It had to be a different song.
0: Oh, look, this is a tough one off the off the top of my head. Uh,
1: let's go. Which with, is lucky because I gave you days.
0: Let's go with because I just want because I, watch, <laughs> I watched because I watched Saltburn recently. I want to go with uh, Perfect Exceder. <laughs> oh, I think it was Murder on the Dance Floor. Yeah, well, Murder on the Dance Floor is also good. Just anything, like just have fun with it. Let someone pick a song every week. I don't mind that, a
1: bit of a jukebox yeah. kind of thing. Chris, how about you? Well,
2: for some reason, for some reason, my club currently runs out onto the ground to lose yourself by Eminem, and m no, no one knows why. Which,
1: North Melbourne used to play that in their club rooms before the games, but I guess I kept just stopping at the lose part. <laughs> um, but it, it, I do find it weird that the doggies kind of stole it. From I North. know,
2: it's weird. I don't know why. It's, it's, whenever we play at Marvel, we run out to lose yourself. I don't, no one knows why. Um I think that the obvious one would be who let the dogs out. Woof, woof, woof. God, I fucking hate your club so much that I
1: can't wait really talk about them in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, I had a bit of a think about Essendon and Essendon made me feel a few different emotions. Um, I thought of the utter depression that they made me <laughs> feel. So I thought of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac.
2: What about <laughs> Hurt by Johnny Cash?
1: <laughs> then we've got um, because we always talk about how we'll, we will be better. You know, next year is going to be our year. So I've got "Tomorrow Never Comes" by Ronan Keating. <laughs> so, uh, so landslide has absolutely
0: fucking killed me. <laughs> Just imagining it—probably
1: one of the funniest things in football that ever <laughs> happened. It could never be topped. Look, when I go to a game this year, I'll, I'll be belting it out there. You can are. we? Can we suggest life is a roller coaster, all set by Ronan Keating? I had a genuine thing about this, and we—if we had to do it—I think I think it's it's cool to have an Australian band. Black fingernails, red wine. <laughs> I could get behind the precedent. Yeah, black Jared. and red. Black and red. It works. Kind of moody, kind of depressing, kind of hipstery. I know the band from Perth, but whatever, It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works. Yeah, it still works. It still works. That's a good suggestion. Thank you. Uh, moving on. Guys, do you know much about the prison bar jumpers? No. <laughs> Only what's been in and the media. Like, it's the biggest thing in the media. Uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club cares about it, and Eddie McGuire cares about it, and therefore we all have to fucking hear about it. I've done some investigation to find out what's behind it, and after doing so, I'm very much on one side of the argument. Sorry. The prison Bar Jumper, or the Wharf Pylon Guernsey, those those stripes are meant to be Wharf Pylons, oh. believe it or not, oh. was used by Port back in 1902 because the club couldn't find magenta and blue dyes that wouldn't sweat out when they were playing. Um, you know, it's truly the darkest of days. The club really got into the, the mythology behind this jumper. Our retired Port Adelaide player and coach Foz Williams said this, a quote that makes... Little to no sense. Anyone that put on the Guernsey acted like the Guernsey intended it to act. It wasn't built around the player wearing the Guernsey. It was the Guernsey using a player. <laughs> I'm assuming that's as he was being wheeled into a hoe, because I have no fucking idea what he means. And I found that quote everywhere. False. thanks for listening, buddy. Now, after they adopted this new jumper, the club had massive success. Look, they didn't play in the real the real leagues, you know what I mean? But they did win 33 premierships and three championships of Australia afterwards. Um so they did really impart some genuine lore and history into that jumper. When they joined the AFL, however, um, Collingwood got real mad and said, nah, none, "None of none of these stripes for you." Since they entered the AFL and changed, obviously, to the tier we all know and I'm not going to say love, but we all know, <laughs> Port Adelaide has made numerous requests to the AFL to wear the prison bar Guernsey in specific games. Some have been approved but for the most part. They get knocked back because Collingwood Eddie McGuire gets very irate about this. Um, now, even on the website, the club makes quite an impassioned plea. Um, in one of the stranger uh, AFL site pages I've seen, because it looks like they made a slide pack on PowerPoint and they weren't sure how to embed it, so they put it up at individual slides. It's very strange. Go check it out if you've got a spare minute. Uh, they go through it. They they What they really want is to be able to wear it during showdowns at the very least. Do you guys think that Port Adelaide should be able to wear the prison bar jumpers for special games at least,
2: at the very least. I think as long as it doesn't clash with the team you're playing against, then wear whatever the fuck you want. Thank you. Like, If they wanted to play it against Collingwood, then I could understand there'd be a potential issue. But It's not going to clash with Adelaide, so who fucking cares?
0: I'm in two camps because on one hand, Eddie Maguire being sad is very good. On the other hand, Kane
1: Corns being sad (laughs) is very good. So... Really, both cunts. One's more seems to be more racist than the other.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But um, yeah, I, I I've never cared. I don't understand why anyone would care if they wore it during a showdown, which has literally <laughs> been the minimum demand. Yeah. Like, it's just
1: wear them. I can Who actually cares? fully understand Port Adelaide getting really up in arms about this. I don't understand why Collingwood care so much if they're not in the game, Collingwood. The team that when the AFL said, you guys need an away jumper, they said, yeah, we'll swap the black and white stripes, needs to shut the fuck up about other t- clubs' jumpers. Mm. Put it out there. Um, let them wear it. Hashtag let them wear it.
2: I, let them wear the I did block. enjoy it a few years ago when they played that game and they were denied being able to wear the prison bars and then on the way down the tunnel into the rooms, they quickly swapped into them for the team to sing the song and for the team photo. That was very good.
1: That's the type of stuff that makes me like the club a yeah. fair bit have a genuine fuck you attitude towards Collingwood. But yeah, I, I think it's actually it is ridiculous not letting them wear it. Now, we talked about Eddie Maguire. Port Adelaide had their own Eddie Maguire. David Theodore Kosh. I don't know if that's the middle name, but I don't really give a shit. Now, he's quite an outspoken president. You may know him um, you know, if you're in Australia, you may know him from Morning Sunrise, where he used to host the with cash cow, Doyle. What? He 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 bashed at the Cash Cow. He was also like some sort of like financial celebrity. I didn't quite understand. He had a show on, like, Saturday afternoon. Did um he? Yeah. Is this why his head's on all those fake ads of, like,
0: people trying to scam money? Like, this man can show you how to make $3 million in
1: half an hour. I don't know how that happened. There is a whole thing on, like, on Twitter where people Photoshop him and it's like, David Kosh bashed in Sydney streets. <laughs> and you're like, yay! And then you click on it's fake. Um, <laughs> now... He is quite a problematic fella, and a lot of that stemmed from his joke of the week on Sunrise, where he would, at the end of every week, come on and say a misogynistic joke. Ha ha ha, Australian television. <laughs> they also let him write books about these jokes. Um, and the jokes, for the most part, are pretty crook. I've got a few of them. Um, good. No, no. <laughs> good I, I was I going to the I haven't gotten the prob- any of the problematic um, ones. But uh, welcome to Koshy's Comedy Corner, all spelt with C's. Um, <laughs> first up, guys. <laughs> what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Uh, Jeffrey. So fish-ticated. Um. Uh, uh. It's those sort of jokes. How does dry skin affect you at work?
0: Uh, my self-esteem is significantly lower. <laughs>
1: You don't have any elbow grease to put into it. Ah, ah, a few rib ticklers here. What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies.
2: Okay, that didn't go where I thought it was going to go.
1: No, no, I didn't do any of the racist ones. Um, what does a sprinter eat before a race? Uh, carbonara.
0: I've just watched The Office, so I know this.
1: Nothing. They fast. Clarky. they fast. Because like, they, they run quicker than most people. And they also don't eat. Okay. It's humour. humour, baby. Okay.
0: And last one. I wish this was video because you could just replace like my screen with the eyes emoji. Like the bulging eyes are just like, what's happening? And Chris would be the eggplant.
2: This this just it was- reminds me of... Um, the comedy roast where norm mcdonald got up and he <laughs> he said that he doesn't like being mean to his friends so he got up and just read verbatim the world's worst joke book and no one understood what was going on it was the funniest segment uh, in or- history
1: originally i was gonna just do the aristocats joke but i thought i worked not uh, last joke what did one hat say to the other hey here i'm going on ahead Huh? <laughs> Oh my god! Now, were, these, there, were I, these jokes directed none, at kids, none of these jokes came from Koshi's book. Oh. Okay, I had a big plan to read all of his jokes, but then I realized I had to buy his fucking books, and they cost four dollars. And I'll be damned if I'm giving a fucking cent to that bald prick. Okay, so I got all those jokes. If you want to find them for yourself, they're on CountryLiving.com. There's 148 of them. Strap on in. None of them are good. <laughs> oh. What a rush. That was, what a bigger,
2: that was a bigger twist than the end of The Prestige. What a memorable
1: moment. Speaking
2: of memorable moments,
1: Christopher. Uh, yes. Home.
2: So we're going to turn our attention to <laughs> some of Port Adelaide's <laughs> most memorable and iconic moments. Uh, oh, my God. Now, I've picked out a couple that for us. That was one of them, to be honest. <laughs> I've picked out a couple for us to talk through, and then we're going to turn our attention to a particular player that I think we'll have a bit of love for. We're going to kick things off with the most obvious moment to talk about, the 2004 Grand Final. Now, the 2004 Grand Final had a lot of buzz and intrigue going into it.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I need to bring a point of order. Christopher, uh, look, some people may, may not be up to date with this current scandal, but if you haven't, please go listen to our podcast on Spotify, I can all the podcasting platforms. Some people would know that Christopher... Um, a oh, parent of two young children and a wonderful wife, he has a beautiful home, he has some pets. He also doesn't have a working fire alarm in his house because he doesn't know how to change a battery. We spoke about that maybe four or five weeks ago. Christopher, please, pray tell, have you he changed a battery? He
0: lied. You about- stupid fuck. He lied about replacing it No I didn't he say He told us he replaced
1: it. I didn't Sorry you said Jade replaced No I
2: didn't I said that we We found a stick that we used to push the button on it And that stops it from beeping for about 12 hours
0: <laughs> That's not Jesse am I crazy
1: Is he gaslighting us live I hope there's no gaslighting on his end Because his house will burn down <laughs> Chris oh go God. on with this segment But just <laughs> You stupid
2: bitch Anyway, the 2004 grand final <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> uh, did have a lot of buzzing and intrigue going into it as Brisbane had obviously won the prior three grand finals and were attempting to do what only one other team in history has done, which is to win four premierships in a row. The only other team to have done this was, of course, Collingwood in 1927, 28, 29, and 1930. Now, prior to the final series... It was actually St Kilda who were on top of the ladder for majority of the season, and they occupied the top spot for a whopping 15 consecutive rounds. They even got out to Until a- Until Atherton beat them. Was that the thing that- Was that the downfall?
1: Yeah, I think we beat them round 15, 14.
2: Okay. Yeah, because it, yeah, it was around round 15. All of a sudden, they didn't win about three or four in a row. Uh, but Port swooped in in the final two rounds of the season, took out the minor premiership while Brisbane finished second. Now, when I was looking back on this final series, I actually found an interesting and, to be frank, simply insane little tidbit, which just goes to show how far our sport has been in the past from others around the world. So, Brisbane finished second on the ladder. They destroyed St Kilda by 80 points in the first final, thus earning themselves a home final in the prelim. Or so they thought. The contract with the MCG at the time stated that at least one of the two prelim finals must be played at the MCG.
1: Oh, Jesus And Christ,
2: with, Port, with Port being the top ranked team who also earned themselves a home final, the Lions were forced to play their prelim against Geelong at the MCG, which is just insane that a team earns the right to a home final and then gets told, sorry, but contracts are contracts.
1: What a bizarre clause in that contract. Yeah.
2: who Who signed that? I don't know who the AFL commissioner was at the time.
1: That's insane. Jimmy That's, football.
2: Yeah, that'll do.
0: Ah, uh, Jonathan football. <laughs> father.
2: <laughs> but yeah, when I was reading that, I could not believe that that was the reason why they ended up having to play the home final at the MCG against the Victorian Club of all teams. Uh, they ended up beating Geelong by nine points, moved on to the grand final. So moving on to the grand final, however, it was a close game at halftime, only one point separating the teams until Port came out in the third quarter and opened it up to a 17 point margin at three quarter time. In the last quarter, however, they piled on five goals to just one to break Brisbane's streak, end an almighty error and run out premiers to the tune of 40 points. Gavin Wanganin had a day out, collecting 18 disposals and four goals, while Jason Ackermanus had 17 disposals and three goals for the Lions. However, it was Clarkie's boy, Byron Pickett, who took out the Norm Smith medal after a 20-disposal and three-goal display. Now, this game is most commonly remembered for Two big things. Alastair Lynch got into a fight with Dara Wakelin, which resulted in him copping a fifteen thousand dollars fine and a massive ten week suspension. He Correct, did, did wrong
1: grand final. If you get suspended, it's double, right?
2: Actually, I, I don't. I, feel I like don't that, think so. I feel like I've heard that. before. Can, I don't think it is. That but, can't be true. That I sounds mean,
0: like a house rule for Monopoly. I
2: mean, this was at the point that they were writing <laughs> contracts that stipulated that one game had to be played I, at the MCG. <laughs>
1: I'm 93% <coughs> sure that is correct. I'm going to look it up. Look it it. Yeah. Yeah. You, go, you, you look it up.
2: He, he did cop a 10 week suspension. However, he also retired after the game, so he didn't end up serving out any of the suspension.
0: <laughs> Was that this game?
2: Yes. Yeah. That's
0: like one of my favorite. Like, <laughs> sorry, I say favorite, but it's like an absolute dog move just to be like, <laughs> I'm absolutely going to wreck a guy. Cop- oh, yeah. I will serve my suspension. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never.
2: He, motherfucker. He has since get- stated that the reason why he got he was so angry was he copped a quad injury early in the game and it basically he played out the rest of the game, but it basically made him he couldn't move pretty much. He was a non factor. Uh he got so so he,
0: so he knocked a dude out.
2: He got so frustrated, took it out on Darrell Wakelin, and he has stated that it is the biggest regret of his footballing career that he ended his career on such a poor note.
1: And you see, he would have been more responsible if he knew the rules of the game like Jesse does, okay? Quote, <laughs> any reportable offence that occurs during a grand final match will receive a double penalty. Clarkie, I'll see you at the tribunal, son.
2: And then you have to roll doubles three times to get out of it. <laughs> the other moment from this game that has become a part of AFL folklore... Was then Port Adelaide coach Mark Choco Williams infamously using his tie to mimic a noose while celebrating after the game, referencing that Brisbane had choked when not being able to record, uh, equal the record for consecutive grand finals? Now, I was pretty keen to ask both of you what's your take on, on Choco's display after the game and him saying that Brisbane choked? Choco's now a coach at Melbourne, so I support it. <laughs> what a lad. <laughs> I'm not going to kink shame. You've got that much euphoria and you need to come choke yourself
1: a little bit. <laughs> we've, all, we've all been there. I don't know, man. It's, here's the thing,
0: right? The 2000s are a weird place in football. Uh, it, it, it's like a culture that has kind of massively shifted. Like, I don't think you'd cop a coach doing that now. No. And I don't think it would be appropriate now. But in hindsight, I can probably see like, look, competition getting the better of you and getting a bit too excited. Sure. It's not the worst thing somebody had done in football in recent memory
2: in
1: 2004. Mm, that's true. That's fair. Wait, was it was it to Brisbane saying you guys choked, or was it because- Just generally? Me- wasn't it the media kept saying that Port Adelaide were chokers?
2: Well, so this is the funny thing, is that leading up to that grand final, Port had lost one of the previous three grand finals to Brisbane, I believe, and they'd also finished first or at least top two for two out of the three years I think as well and they just couldn't get the job done so
1: I'm pretty sure that's what it was in response to because they kept getting called chokers in the media um so that display by Choco Williams was if we're going to judge it through uh, through the lens of the time I think it was just a really really passionate moment of somebody who's been pushed by the media and constantly hounded by them I yeah look it if we did nowadays, it would be viewed a little bit differently. But I think it, it is one of the most memorable moments in AFL.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. become an iconic image, that image of him with the tie um, pulling it up around his neck. Moving on to our next memorable moment, we're going to cast our minds back to round 19, 2017. Port Adelaide versus St. Kilda at Adelaide Oval. Now- Going into this game, the ninth-placed Saints weren't really considered much of a chance up against the fourth-placed power on their home turf in Adelaide. However, to their credit, the Saints hung in there, and they were only down by seven points at three-quarter time. If not for inaccurate kicking, they arguably should have been in front at that point as they'd kicked three goals 12 in the first three quarters. Now Both teams came out firing in the last quarter, and with just 90 seconds remaining, Tim Membry kicked a goal to give St Kilda a 10-point lead. In the footage of the game, you can see scores of Port supporters leaving their seats and walking out of the stadium after this goal is kicked. They did not think that there were any chance. Cowards. Only 30 seconds later, Aaron Young managed to peg one back for Port to give them a chance with 60 seconds left on the clock. They rallied to lock their ball in their forward line. However, the Saints kept shutting it down and causing stoppages in an attempt to wind down the clock. With 19 seconds left, it looked like they may just sneak this one. Enter. Paddy Ryder and Robbie Gray. A boundary throw in just beyond Port's 50 metre arc saw a ruck battle with Paddy Ryder flicking the ball behind his head and straight into the path of a dashing Robbie Gray. He swooped on the ball, ran to the 50 metre arc and sent it sailing through the goals to give Port a memorable two point win. Now, this moment was talked about for a long time after the game and is still spoken about not just for the goal, but for the ruck tap from Ryder flicking it behind his head straight into the path of Robbie Gray. And I wanted to kind of branch off this moment and talk a little bit about one of those players who in recent memory was probably one of the more beloved players in the game, Robbie Gray. Not just an AFL legend, but also a super coach legend.
1: Oh yes, king.
2: I was keen to just open it up to the floor and, and get both your thoughts on such a great player.
1: I wish. But look, I think Robbie Gray is a really good example of when people talk about if a player played in Victoria, they would be much bigger. If Robbie Gray played for a Victorian club we would not shut up about him I don't shut up about him but I think us as a collective <coughs> wouldn't shut up about him he was such a good player and just to touch on that moment with Paddy Ryder because their link up uh between just uh Robbie Gray breaking through a pack and uh Ryder's tap work it wasn't just that game like they could do that before that moment happens, you see them talk to each other. They they know exactly what's about to happen. That wasn't a fluke. That was planned out. Outside of finals and outside of and stuff, in my top five AFL moments, because I remember, I just remember watching it and that mm-hmm. happening and being like, that is the most pure play I've ever seen being done by two of my favorite players. Yeah. I, I, that was absolute magic. And all skill. No fluke. Absolutely all skill from those two.
2: Well, it's funny that you say that, they knew exactly what they were doing because when I was specifically looking for vision of this goal, I found an almost identical goal from, I think it was 2019. Um, I, I want to say it was in a showdown against Adelaide, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but there was almost an identical goal where from a boundary and inside 50, Paddy Ryder flicks it behind his head, Gray runs past, gets it and kicks a goal. And I think it brought Port to within two points with less than a minute left or something like that. It's, crazy that it was it, as you said it wasn't just a, a fluke it was they knew exactly what they were doing they knew Ryder knew exactly where robbie where was going to be and he knew exactly what he had to do and yeah and just a, a spectacular good, goal
1: a good link between a ruckman and a midfielder is one of the best things to uh, one of the best things about afl like seeing somebody like max gone tap to patraka it's just mm. so good cool. they know exactly what each other are going to
2: do yeah i agree
1: Clarkie, what do you think of Robert
0: Gray <laughs> i see i I was purposely staying quiet in this because I don't actually have i don't rem- I don't remember this moment uh, and I don't know enough about Robbie Gray to feel like I have a valid opinion on his career.
1: You could say you know because of how well connected um, Robbie Gray and Patty Ryder were, you would never tear them apart. <coughs> Should I sing again,
2: guys?
1: We could live. Uh,
2: that's the end of it. That brings us to the end of our memorable moments, <laughs> the end of Jesse singing. Uh, and now I will Finally. pass back over to Clarky <laughs> to take us through the Falconstein or Frankyak, whichever you prefer.
0: It's whichever Jesse prefers, really. <clears throat> he seems seems to prefer Frankyak, doesn't he, Chris?
2: He does. Sorry, I was drinking water when you. <laughs> <that glitch. laughs> you son of a bitch! Just right. like
1: Frankenstein and stuff, you two are just so uh, busy with. The- uh, 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 fuck you, clocking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reviving dead jokes. Fuck you, freakjack, freakjack, got, got him. I'm gonna sing again. <laughs> you
0: saw him. You saw him. I he saw. To. He saw the opportunity, and he went Over- to take off, but his legs weren't ready to carry him. Over got <laughs> me. <laughs> now. Listeners, if you have not listened to a Falcon sign before, congratulations. You are well it. Yeah, you are well, you are adjusted, you are shining like the beautiful beam of light you are, and this will only bring you further down into the darkness that we have descended into.
1: If you haven't listened to the Falcon sign, you can go on um like eBay you know people with like who are selling like unvaccinated sperm. You can do that. What? Unfalcon <laughs> um, sign <laughs> sperm. No stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's pure. I just want to
0: be pure. (laughs) That's that's disgusting. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Listeners, we build the ultimate player using parts of existing and past players of that club. So we do the head, which is vibes and hair, the body, which is tackles and strength, the arms, which are marks and handballs, the legs which is kicking and running and then we sprinkle on a couple little modifiers just to make him extra special now we are not port adelaide aficionados by any means but i think that gentlemen we can build a very very competent falcon scene for the port adelaide club and i'd i'd like to start by actually going to a modifier uh, and i want to use sam pal pepper's dog energy well, I, I don't get there because I think it. Sam
1: Pal Pepper is about to be spoken about with the head. Oh, you're going? <laughs> okay, is that where we're going? Yeah. Hey. Well, I, I want to bring up Sam, Sam Pal Pepper, Pepper for the head because okay, What is do you Proved to be an issue for me. Now you look through the club, the current club, and there's some good facial hair. There's some good mustaches. Ivan Solder, I think we'll be talking about Avan Solder in a moment. With Sam Pal Pepper, he has a really good little mustache, but he's at the bald head. Okay, yeah, which I don't like to look at because it looks like I'm looking into the future. If we put anybody's hair on him, though, the moustache loses power. So I'm not sure. Where do you guys fit with like? Do we? Use, is, it, is it just Sam Power Pepper's head, or do we add stuff to it and therefore take away a little bit from the stash? It's
0: a high quality stash, but it I think is. there's a couple of really good haircuts going around. I want to specifically bring up. We've got Ollie Lord, great mullet. Lockie Jones, great mullet. Quinton nagel has Quinton has the beautiful surf beach babe blonde, the wavy locks of Quinton nagel on Sam Palpepper's mustache would be a thing of either pure beauty or pure terror.
1: Um. See, I think there's a lot of like good mullets, but they're just mullets. I also just wanted to put put a notice on Jackson Mead. Look, has a haircut of a Dwight of one of Dwight Schrute's cousins. Um. It really <laughs> threw me off on the page. Chris, do you have any ideas for the old noggin?
2: Uh, I was just looking through. I was trying to find Port Adelaide's team of the century, but it I
1: don't have one. Was very I hard find to
2: it. find.
0: Do they not have one? Because have they not? F- someone has mentioned I don't think it, they've it been on around the- for a century. Have they?
2: Well, I mean, they always like to claim the the history of the the club in the SANFL. Um, someone know, has okay. posted it on. it on a on a big footy forum. Because someone else said I've been scrolling through the internet and trying to find the Port Adelaide team in Century and someone posted the team, but I can't actually find an official team. Well, um, how
1: about, let's just go off their current team then. Kind of like we did with one of the other loser clubs.
2: Yeah, their current so team has, I, I actually don't think they have that many memorable haircuts. As you said, a lot of them are just mullets. I think we're going to go on Van Soldo. He's only He's just, just in the club, but yeah.
1: That's fine. He's the mullet massage comic, but he's also... He has a, a jaw you could set your fucking watch to.
2: <laughs> like that, no. that is a good jaw. That's what you want in a person. Actually, one thing I will request is Charlie Dixon's beard. Okay. so you're gonna, Solid beard. Does that take away from Ivan Solido's
1: moustache, though? Or do we have both? Okay. Fellas, hear me out here. Okay? how what we have. And Clark, you're going to have to get typing on this one. Charlie oh Dixon's God. red beard... But Avan Solo's powerfully, like, dark black moustache that just juts through, like it doesn't belong Mm. there. We also have Avan Solo's hair, his mullet, but except for the top, we have Sam Peppers' bald head. It's a bit of a fried tuck, sort of in reverse sort of thing.
2: It's the Kevin Bartlett. Yes. Bald on top, mullet, red beard, black moustache, big old jaw. I, I do just want to say for a second, are you currently looking at their current list on the website? Yes. Xavier Walsh. Does it look like his face has just been photoshopped onto someone else's body?
0: I was thinking Yeah, it that probably now. has. Okay, good. I'm yeah, glad he it looks that. Like they do that running. a lot. Yeah. They do that a lot.
2: Okay, there you go.
0: Um, okay, moving on. Body, tackles and strength. There Gentleman.
2: is one one player. There is one name that has to go here, and it Byron is Pickett. Byron Pickett. There is yep. no um, other option.
0: Lock it in. I can argue that. Easy. Arms, marks and
1: handballs. Give a Paddy Ryder. Yeah, I we don't have a. In my head, we're putting together a team of all these different monsters that we're creating, yeah. and I feel like we don't really have a rockman.
2: It's um, always a rockman.
1: Yep. Um, isn't yep. isn't Stephen May's meat machine quite large? He was a centaur. Go back and listen to the episode. Okay. <laughs> he can't rock. He can't jump. He's a um, vehicle. Now, what I'm saying is, Chris, like in, as a whole, this Port Adelaide Falcon sign would be the rockman of the Falcon sign team. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay.
1: he's got he's got the 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 Head made for that vertical leap in the Van soldo, that jaw can break through the upper limits of the atmosphere. I swear we have a really tall, tall. Pack.
2: Yeah, we What's had Alan sandalins in one. I swear
1: we don't have more written down. Um, we do. <laughs> 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 for the sake of brevity, we don't. Um, right, Paddy <laughs> Patty, Patty Ryder's right arm, Robbie Gray's left.
2: I was gonna. So I was gonna throw ball out. Both to each other. I was gonna throw out Ollie Wines.
1: I want Oli Wine's thighs. <laughs> cut that, cut okay. that, cut that. Uh, man, he, he has massive, <laughs> massive legs. Have you seen Ollie Wine's legs?
0: <laughs> Sadly I know yeah, you don't want about. I want Ollie Wine's legs. They're
1: huge, they're big meat machines. <laughs> they're the Stephen May meat wagon. <laughs> I think just to skip ahead, we have to have um his, his 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 glutes, his gluteus maximi um on this on this on this player. But
2: <laughs> Wines.
1: Wines five. Th- I think five.
2: Ollie Wines thighs with from the knee down Gavin Wanganin's legs.
1: Well, we haven't got arms yet. So, oh, oh no, know, do we, we do riders right right. left and
0: Gray's right? Yeah, okay. I thought yeah, we were settled on okay, that. Cool. Yeah,
2: cool. Yeah. And so, Gavin Gavin, the
1: legs?
0: Sorry, Gavin Wanganin's.
2: Uh, so, Ollie Wines thighs and then from yeah, the knee down Gavin Wanganin's legs because he was a good kick, he was a good runner. All right, we're in modifier town. So, Clark, you wanted. um.
1: Sam Pal pepper's dog, dog energy, like <laughs> just bashing constant at nightclubs and
0: stuff like that. I can get behind that. <laughs> he just, you know what? If he had, if he had hair, he'd be even more unlikable because he'd basically just be Cody Waitman. Oh look,
1: I don't, In I fight. don't, I don't hate Sam Pall pepper with every fiber of my being. I wouldn't go that far. I, will, yeah, I would I if, he had, if you would if he had hair like that.
2: I will say, as a bulldog supporter, Cody Waitman's cornrows are really annoying me. I wish he would stop oh, doing c- it.
1: Hey Chris. Chris, mate, we'll get there. Okay, <laughs> we'll get there, buddy. <laughs> I'll have words What else, that. What else have we got? I reckon- Look, Dan Houston needs something for what he did to my beloved club last year. He needs to be a modifier.
2: Dan Houston's 70-meter kicks. Because that hurt, but God damn, it wasn't impressive. And you also have him in multiple super coach teams, don't you? I do. That's one
1: of the reasons yeah. I like him. Yeah. For fans of the uh, Jock Reynolds podcast, I think we need to include Charlie, Charlie Dixon's inability to, to die. Um, the zombified husk of Charlie Dixon. Do they have, do they wear the prison bar, bar jumper, the, the, the falcon sign? Yeah. Yeah, I,
2: yeah, think, yeah, I think, they think they have, they have to. to do. Yeah. The, the fuck you to Eddie Maguire.
1: I think kind of like a Mad Max character, they have the prison bar jumper and they also have Eddie Maguire in a cage.
2: I mean, I'm open to that. I- <laughs>
1: I'm not editing. It. I'm not going to edit that silence out. here. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it. I'll, I'll be
0: perfectly honest. Wasn't expecting where that was going to go. What baby. do they do with him? And what's the point of having him in the cage? I also want up because he's been defeated.
1: <laughs> I thought
0: you were so just going him in a cage and then they get and with going to the do jumper. Yeah, but what? Like they use him for combat? Like, no,
1: he's, he's in a cage. He's That's just, a, doing he's thing with just him. a
0: prisoner. What do you mean? What? What's the purpose of this prisoner of war? He becomes Fuck a mascot. An
1: old person's house. to have fine china in a cabinet. What do you use it for? Nothing. It's just there. It's the vibe. Okay. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I, think I, know. I, I think no. I think no. Can this um, player also have my singing ability? It's a must. Yeah.
0: Jesse's never tear us apart. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Rendition. All
1: right. I think we've done it. Jesse, run us through. All righty then. The port. Adelaide, Falconstein, We're starting off with a Van moustache slash head slash hair. Charlie Dixon's beard, so the orange beard, a Van Solder's moustache popping on through. You got a Van Solder's mullet, but you got Santa Pe- Pepper's top of his dome. skull. Okay, just on the top, just the dome, the the very clean shaved head right on top. Baron tickets a beastly body because this 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 players when they hit you, you're fucking gonna know about it. uh <laughs> Patty Ryder's left hand, Robbie Gray's right hand, so they can tap the ball to each other. How fun's that? Wine thighs. Hash, hashtag slash trademark. Um, and then we're also going to have uh, Gavin Wanganin's knee, from the knee down, okay? So half yeah. half Wine's, half Wang. And <laughs> then for the modifiers, we have uh, Santa Pepper's big dog energy, bashing cunts all around town. The Houston, we have a solution Long-range goal-kicking skill. Uh, Clucky went wild in the notes <laughs> in that one. Oh yeah, I I went wild in that one. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Charlie Dixon's inability to die. The prison bar jumper, obviously. Uh, I could see here that you didn't actually put Eddie McGuire in a cage. So I'll just say it: Eddie McGuire in a cage, <laughs> wheeled around on a little string. Um, and they I look just me, don't. I like, look. he's in prison I just, now, and they're like, "How about how, now? You're in prison bars." Hey, You're imprisoned by Edward Maguire. This,
0: this might be a, a mild... Man. I just don't know how comfortable I am with imprisonment. Of <laughs> cutting people up is one thing,
1: Jesse. Get comfortable with it, forced, baby. <laughs> forced, impri- forced imprisonment. Just I didn't that, say anyway. he was forced. I just said he's in a cage. We don't know how he got there. We don't know what his thoughts are. We haven't asked him. This isn't the Eddie Maguire Falcon sign. It's the Port Adelaide Falcon sign. And Port Adelaide Falcon sign has Edward Maguire in a, in a cage made of bones. Okay, we didn't say it was made of bones. Um, and also this this uh Falcon thing can sing just like me, singing a little bit of a never tear us apart, okay, so they have beautiful, beautiful pipes, beautiful legs, beautiful pipes were basically made me <laughs> that's the Port Adelaide Falconstein <laughs>
0: that's just beautiful, that's enough to bring a tear to a man's eye not be- not because you know you're happy, but <laughs> you're upset, yeah. Very upset. So, gentlemen, we have come to the end of talking about Port, but we do need to discuss one major thing, and that's what do we expect and what do we want to see from Port in the 2024 season? If I'm a Port
1: fan, I want to flag this year. They're in the window. They could do it. I, f- I don't I think feel they like, will. I feel, but feel like their window want.
2: passed. I don't... They. Outside of... Like They they were in their window when they had Charlie Dixon when he was playing well. Now he can barely stay on the field. Um, Outside of him, like they've got some forwards who've shown a little bit, but not enough to be kind of your main man in a premiership team. Like Todd Marshall, Ollie Lord, Georgiades. None of them are, are kind they of... They just um,
1: re-signed Todd Marshall a few hours ago.
2: Oh, like, there you go. Five years or something like that. Looks like he's going to be a good yeah. player, but he's not hmm. your, your premiership full forward at the moment. Um, I also worry a little bit about the defense at times. I know they've brought in Radagalia and Zerk Thatcher, but I don't think that they're the answer to everything. Um, so, yeah, and then the are Wiz- stocks. I mean, Jordan Sweet and Ivan Soldo aren't going to take you to a flag.
1: With Zerk Thatcher, look, I'm going to bury the
2: hatchet here. I
1: got really bitter about him going over to Port. I actually think he's going to be pretty good there. I felt bad for him. For him. He, he very much became the whipping boy for us because he used to get bag kicked on them. I don't think that was necessarily him as a player. I think it was our system. Yeah. He, he would play against the toughest uh, forward because we didn't have a big key back like we do now. And it kind of shuffled everyone around. And he was the one most um, disadvantaged. So I think he he really did cop way more than he should have. He's also very young as well. Yeah, um, so BVT, you're all right, buddy. I think Port could really
0: slide either way. That's the the trouble with their list. Yep, it's not seasoned enough. I think to really be considered, you know, Ro- Rosie and Butters are two amazing players. They're still relatively young, and they could probably carry that midfield. But I just a lot of things need to go right and the whole system needs to work for that to really eventuate into a premiership for And we haven't really seen that. I haven't seen anything that inspires me that they're an absolute powerhouse. Like if, if they win, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, of course, because they've got a really good list. But if they lose to the tougher opponents, I'm also like, well, yeah, of course, like their list just isn't as experienced. And I think – they really need to figure out which way that's going. I think maybe the problem could be Ken. And there's nothing wrong with saying that where, you know, you can have a good list with a bad coach who just isn't playing a strategy that's the most efficient or the GWS most... did it. Yeah, mm. exactly. That, that's the prime example. Like sometimes you can just have a list that your coach isn't getting the best game plan for. And I could even say, Jesse, you know, not to bring up Essendon another week in a row, but... Essendon are in the same boat where Brad Scott's done a lot more I didn't like the way that they handled it, but Brad Scott has I think did really well in moving you guys forward. Alistair Clarkson will do the same thing with North. You know, Sam Sam Mitchell with Hawthorne and maybe maybe Ken is the problem. Maybe he's not. Like I think I could see them either way, but if I had to make my pick, I'd probably say top four should be the expectation, but they will they should play finals. Anything
1: less. Yeah, I think um, Jason Horn francis is going to be annoyingly good this year. Yeah. Like, frustratingly good. Yeah. I don't get why people don't like him as oh, much we as... We don't have enough time.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we don't have that kind of time, but I don't know. He just seems like a kid. All right, gentlemen. We did it. Congratulations. And we'll never do it again. It. We'll never <laughs> do it again. Now, you can find Falcon on Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Larry underscore 16. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner and I am at Quantum JC. Now, listeners, if you listen to this podcast all the way through, remember, you owe us. So if you could please head over to your podcast platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate us five stars, leave us a review, please. It really does help us with our engagement and getting us into the algorithm. We want to get this to as many people as possible.
1: If you're listening to us on your phone right now, Take it out of your pocket or your bum bag if you're dealing drugs at a club. Go to Spotify or iTunes, whatever app you're do- using, and there's like a little heart or a little star button. You can do it right now. Do it now before you forget.
0: Yeah, that's it. Like That's the be- best time to do it. takes five seconds, and we really, really, really appreciate it. We are doing our best, and we want to get this to as many people as possible. In fact, if I have a look here, we do have uh, one one new review. Uh couple reviews, actually, on Apple Podcasts, which we'll listen to. Uh, thanks to P-Unit 88. P-Unit. Bless you. P-Unit. <laughs> awesome crew to listen to. Always puts a smile on my face when new episodes drops. Bless you. Good man. And we also have one from the the secondary topic of this podcast. Get him out of uh, here. Lek <laughs> Dog. Uh, he... Titles is a review. Two legends and one other. Great show. Work out who I'm referring to in the review title. Which, thank you very much, Lek. thought is getting here by lack. Yeah, he's it's never, really he's that never that forgotten
2: I, when I, I made fun of him on the Carlton episode. <laughs> didn't.
0: But, hey, if you leave us a review, maybe I'll read it out. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. We also have two sister shows because we're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network. So you can check out Love Letters, hosted by Jesse. We'll be back soon. <laughs> it says that every week <laughs> guess which week it's going to be back baby it might have already been back depending on when yeah, this comes out and dialogue options which is a video game podcast
1: so thank you very much and we'll see you guys next week bye bye football Look. oh I need to press stop don't I